What's up, everyone? Welcome to the More Than Tattoos podcast. My name is Chris Powell. This is my co-host, Tim, and we're excited to be here with you guys this evening. Uh, last episode, we touched a little bit on our journey, where we met, how we got started working together, uh, some of the trials and tribulations of uh, the, that beginning, uh, the beginning of that journey. And tonight, we're just going to follow up with some of that. Um, myself, I've been tattooing for 11 years, and... Uh, there was a long period of time before uh, things really took off for me, and it was about the same time uh, I started working with Tim. I think that maybe a year prior to bringing him on, things really started to, to change for me. But uh, we want to take you through some of that, that journey, um, and then we'll kind of dive into a little bit more current stuff. Because I'm sure you guys don't want to hear every single little piece of our lives, but I think there's a lot of value in in that process because I know that the space we're in today as tattooers, business owners, self-employed, whatever you have it, a lot of what we went through can be helpful because not only are we tattooers, business owners, we're also fucking content creators right. and, and marketers uh, because really the amount of tension that is being sought after it really creates for a space where you just have you have to put up to keep up kind of thing. Right, of course. So I think there's a lot of value in what we went through. Uh, so maybe this episode and the next episode will be about that, and then we'll kind of break into a lot more relevant stuff. Maybe seek having some guests on. We got a few people that we've already talked to, uh, but a lot of badasses that I want to talk to. Right, and I think that. There's a lot of successful people that uh, could bring a lot of value to this space, to, to us, to you guys. But, um, but yeah, kind of circling back, I've been tattooing about 11 years now. And the first five of those years were, I learned a lot as a tattooer. I worked in three or four different shops. I, I had a, a different art style at the time. I focused a lot on like neo-traditional, not really traditional, but kind of in that realm of things doing collar work kind of breaking into like collar realism but it was more of like a neo-believable is what i call it i was it. gonna say i feel like i've that's you've coined that term it's been stuck with me well and i i learned it from uh andy chambers he tattoos out of virginia uh well he, he used to i don't know if he does anymore but um he tattooed me at hill city and that's what he called it and i was like that's that's fucking dope yeah you that's know, cool. like uh, I'm definitely gonna use that, you know. So that's that's kind of what I what I was was after. But time and time again, every evening, you know, at the end of the workday, getting home to the family, getting the kiddo in bed, spending time with the wife, girlfriend at the time. But um, I always had this same question. I think that this kind of feeds into the last topic we left off or one of the last topics we left off on the previous episode was kind of rut drifting like kind of focused in that area and time and time again night after night it was like what am i missing what's going on here like what what do what do i need to really elevate to the next level where i was at i thought i was doing really good but for some reason i couldn't shake every night like what's what am i fucking missing you know mm -hmm. and I remember specifically 
Ink and the Clink. I know a lot of you guys have heard it. It's a show here in Ohio. It's more of a concert, I think, than a tattoo convention, but they have tattooers set up there, and it's it's pretty it's a pretty dope show. But um, I spoke with Hippie there, Justin Sheltman. Um, I'm sure a lot of you guys know who this guy is. I mean, he's a badass. He's one of my best friends, the brother, homie, man, the homie. You know, and that's that's really the link that got me connected to associating with the right people the power of association i think that is so huge when you're feeling stuck like who do you got to go to to help fucking put you on help build you up encourage you and i remember the first time i ever met him was at an applebee's down in kettering with uh, a tattooer named justin holslagel and i was holslagel um, and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, was with, um, James from the shop I was working with at the time. And I remember seeing this dude and, and hip will agree with me. He was, you know, I, I don't even know how to, how to describe it. You know, um, I feel like hip's very open about his recovery and where he's been at in his life. And I feel like I met him shortly after he got clean, <laughs> like, he, <laughs> you know, pretty rough around the edges i was too you know but um you know uh i did i specifically remember that time and and i didn't know at that point what that would lead to uh years later i mean five years down the road you know but we spent maybe a week well it was more than that it was a a, a short period of time working together we worked in Hebrew heights together at a shop called uh, I think at the time it was Gallery 202 is in this fucking hole in the wall way back in this like rundown plaza <laughs> in Huber Heights. And we spent like two weeks working there. And then he went on to work with the guy who owned the shop in Springfield. And, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I say all that to say I ran into him at Ink and the Clink and he kind of dropped hint that there was a shop being opened. It was going to be cool. I don't know if he told me at the time, but, uh, what the name was, but it was who 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 was opening the shop and who was going to be on the team, and uh, didn't really think much of it, you know, at the time. He didn't say that they were hiring, or but little do I know. Three months later, uh, Matt reached out, you know, and just said, "Hey, what's up?" Or "Hope you're having a good. Hope you're having a good time. Hope your life's blessed." That's really all he said, and uh, you know, I was like, "Thanks, man. I appreciate it. It means a lot. You reaching out," and, and then he didn't respond. I was like, fuck, <laughs> well, I know he's opening a shop, but he didn't hit me back. But I didn't really, like, provoke a, a response, you know. But um, so I was like, fuck it, I'm going to message him again. And I shot my shot. And that was the first time I really got to experience being around, like, legit badasses. You know, I, I've been surrounded by good people and, and friends, family, uh good hearts you know what i'm saying I, i've been surrounded by that prior to but really getting exposed to that that mentorship coaching a whole room full of people who are like i got something i gotta prove to them you know um that was really where it began for me and that was about six years ago and uh that that was the first time i really felt like okay, I got to step my shit up because really I, I'm like the lowest one on the totem pole here as far as financially, as far as like 
network clientele base in a whole new city 45 minutes away from where i've where i've worked basically my whole life or the past portion yeah the past few years my career but um that was the first time i really felt the power of association and immediately like i felt like that question has been was answered you know like what am i missing and it was that you know um and and that's why i think that having that solid group of people to to connect with is is so powerful um and i know you experienced that feeling uh getting brought onto the team i'm sure but um i mean it was a you know it's funny the way that you kind of i don't want to say that you built it up because it was uh, obviously mo- monumental for a lot of reasons. It was clearly the thing that really started getting the gears turning for you. Uh, but you had been in shops for a while and around different, you know, spaces of the tattoo world for a while. And here I am, excuse me, uh, I, like, had never really been in a tattoo shop, yeah. you know, before, but littered with tattoos, never been in a tattoo shop, except for one time because I got my nose pierced, but... Um, it was just like I went from working in a factory where no one gives a shit about you at all to now working with a ton of badasses where I like couldn't even tell you what a badass is in the tattoo world. I'd be like, oh, that's a cool tattoo, you know, versus um, like now I know yeah. I know how to define like a good tattoo between a and a bad uh, one. But there was like zero standards there. <laughs> yeah, actually zero. And it's funny that i even got a shot because <laughs> i didn't know i remember i called uh, a machine a gun which that's a simple mistake that yeah. if you're not really in the industry you just don't know yeah. better but the more you know pew, pew. don't call it a gun <laughs> <laughs> but i did you know and i was just super inexperienced with tattoos altogether but i was also super heavily unexperienced with like people that gave a fuck like a really gave a fuck about what they were doing um at a point of struggle because I feel like you always see people that do good and like badasses, right? Like, man, he's fucking incredible with what he does. There's no way he stresses. Can't worry about shit. And then I get in having stressed and worried my whole life only to find out like they're doing the same thing, but they're doing it with a really strong intent because they've got something they're chasing really hard, but they're all chasing it together. It's like they, they're, I don't know, just intent was really strong. And I never experienced that before. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's it's just funny that I came into the tattoo world starting at that place yeah. when I could have been so many other places. And, yeah. um, well, and I, th- I think that's a great example of the power association because you, you could have got into any shop, but <clears throat> to go from zero experience to, you know, in less than a year, I feel like you're up to speed. You know, you're, you're already putting out content. You know, you're jumping in emails, you're messaging clients, you're booking consultations, you know, you're basically managing a tattoo business. But I guarantee you that would have been a lot tougher if you wasn't surrounded by the same folks. Would you oh, agree? absolutely. Yeah. For sure. Because, uh, you know, when I was working at IL-9, uh, obviously I was working for you, but at IL-9, there was just like... Uh, obviously I'd ask you a lot of questions. I'm running your business, but there was just like little bubbles of information all over that shop. You know, no matter what I was looking to, um, 
you know, at, we can ask questions, but Matt would always teach us things, you know what I mean? Like when he had an opportunity to do so. Um, but we were all also teaching one another. Of course, mm-hmm. I couldn't really capitalize on a lot of the artistic things at that time, um, which you guys talk about between artists and stuff like how to get better, what other people are doing uh, to step up designs or uh, techniques and stuff. But um, giving a fuck about your clients was huge for me uh, when I got there because, you know, like I said, working in a factory, you don't have to get shit about who's fucking buying this cat food because yeah. I'm just throwing it in this tote, you know. Um, and much less, I don't really have to give that much of a shit about my coworkers either or my, you know, my leaders. Right. So, like, the whole system was just destroyed for me. And I think that a lot of people working normal jobs right now could stand to hear that there are environments – Funny enough, it's tattoo world too because you'd always think they're just a bunch of pirates. You know, don't give a fuck. I'm just like yeah. trying to get my fucking bag and get out of here, go do my drugs. <laughs> uh, but there's, you know, there is a way to have an environment where you can, I'm sure, work a factory job and actually still give a fuck about yeah. your your coworkers, your leadership. Um, but I certainly hadn't never experienced that until I had got in with the right people because. Uh, and I say in with the right people because, like we just said, I could have got it in any shop, but it had to be this one for me to get all the stuff out of it that I think that I needed, sure. you know, to do what maybe I was intended to do. Sure. don't know if, like, uh, fate is really a thing or not, but there was definitely a lot of – it was felt serendipitous yeah. that I was there. And I think I said this on the last episode, too, uh, that I think being around those people – I'm not sure that it was that I was working at the shop with them. Of course, they're trying to build everyone up. It's like high intentional that we're, if you're here, I'm going to try to help you. But those people were maybe just so, I'm not, and I'm not trying to put anyone in a here, you know, but they were really just such good people that I think they would have tried to help me given I, if they had an opportunity with me, whether it be at the grocery store or yeah. if they just like met me at a coffee shop and now we got, you know, we're just like chatting up, being friends. Or if I was working alongside them at a tattoo shop, I just think their intent was so good, not only for themselves, but what they have going on around them that they would have helped me regardless. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, again, I think that the power of association goes beyond um maybe looking for it at a workplace or in your family or friends. Of course, of course those things are good, but um, like finding people with really good intent. And I think that aisle nine had somehow magnetized to yeah. each other. They all really came together and uh, it was a rare, it was a special place for sure. Yeah. Special place for sure. And uh, you know, from the inside looking out, I felt like I was on top of the world, you know? Right. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, yeah, and I really, circling back, I just want to touch on Hip just a little more. Justin, Justin Sheldon, Hip underscore 81 on Instagram. (laughs) Check him out if you don't already know. But he's a special motherfucker, too. And really, everything that I have gotten from that point on, I have to contribute through him you know he's uh he he's the one that dropped the hint he's the reason i sent that second message to matt you know because matt didn't he didn't hit me back but i i followed up with a hey you know, i heard you were opening the shop got me an interview and immediately first conversations 
boom, it was already growing, already, already growing. And, and it was our first time meeting. So I knew that I needed to be in this place. I, there was things that I needed to learn, things I needed to grab onto to take it out to the next level. And it was an opportunity that was presented, but I was looking for it. And that's why I seen it. Yeah, it wasn't luck. It was opportunity met with preparedness. Mm. And I got I got to give it to Hip. And and you know we talked about iron sharpening iron, and that that dude has pushed me so many more times than he fucking knows. You know, and I just want to take a quick second. I love you, brother. Um, you know, keep fucking grinding it. You live in the dream. You travel in the world with your wife. You know, it's fucking awesome. And you are an inspiration to hundreds, thousands of people. And, uh, you know, it's fucking awesome, dude. Keep it up. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's how I got introduced to Al 9. And, you know, going into a new area, going into a place where, didn't know if I was going to have any clients following me. Didn't know what that was going to look like. So I underplayed the shit out of my role. I was like, I don't have any, I don't know who, you know, I don't think I have any clients that are going to come. I don't know what to expect, you know, but I knew that I was going to try to, like I set the bar like here, but I was going to fucking shoot for here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I remember specifically the one time, one thing Matt said more than, it stuck out to me more than anything. It was like, man, you were the ace in my back pocket and I didn't even know I needed you know, I was just like, yeah, like, you know, mm-hmm. I, um, but that was what I was looking for. It was just the, to be in the right room, to be around the right people, because, you know, if you're out in front, you know, it's like you, you're trying to figure everything out on your own. You know, I want to be walking behind someone who's already walked the minefield, who's already created, who's already got what I want, you know, and, it's fucking hard to find. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's hard to find. So when you do run across it, like, have some discipline. Have some have some student-esque about you. I know that's not the fucking right word, you know, clearly, but. I think um, humility is good. Humility and just put that ego aside. Because I could have easily been like, oh, fuck, you know, I could have easily walked into that environment where I'm like. I'm already good, you know, like, I you can't you teach know. me shit, like, right. I already got For it, I'm coming, sure. I'm bringing you something right now. For sure, and I, I try to approach everything in my life like that, you know, even this, even this episode, where I feel like, you know, I could easily be like, oh, I fuck, I, you know, I got the, the proofs in the pudding, I got, right. I, you know, we could look at that, and, and I, you know, but come into this podcast with humility, and trying to be a student through the process, and learn from what I'm, what we're doing, you know, yeah. Um, but I don't know, you know, it was, it was, it was an amazing experience and, you know, Matt Clemmer, you know, done, put, put me in that shop and giving me the shop, you know, it definitely did wonders. And now look, you know, where, where we're taking things, you mm-hmm. know, and, you know, starting this podcast, creating new goals to podcast with artists, successful business owners all over the world. Maybe that wouldn't, you know, maybe that wouldn't have been the case. Um, but just putting our, putting ourselves in the right room, you know, look what the possibilities that's come of it, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, 
even recently kind of going through a season of feeling like I'm drifting in a rut, you know, to, to put myself around the right people again, you know, and, and try to seek out new help and new environments. Um, yeah, I feel like I'm fucking ready. You know, I'm, I'm ready to, to coast with things and, and grow, but I don't know that that's really the the main tangent or the main main thing I wanted to touch on here was just the power association um, and how how good that really is and and you could tell you know we're shooting from the hip here but I mean that's that's really life ain't it you know right and for us I love that you kind of touched on it again because we said that this at the beginning of the whole podcast that we don't want to be the guys I'm not I'm not trying to be the dude, you know. Yeah. I don't want to be the one that has all the answers. So when you Google how to have a podcast or some shit like that, chat GBT it, it's going to say stuff like pick a topic, you know, know your field. Um, and to take it a step further, Grant Cardone would say to dominate your sector, right? You know, be the elite, but... Ten X rule. That's a fucking good book. It is a fucking good ass <laughs> book, good you know. Book. And not and not to not Grant Cardone at all because his his uh, ideologies are really strong and extraordinarily beneficial. But I don't know that I am ready to just be the dude yet. Yeah. You know, I'm not sure that I'm ready personally to be done being the student yeah. because when I and I've done that a lot in the moments where I feel like I stop being the student, my ego is at its highest peak. Every time, like no matter what I'm doing, no matter the conversation, the person I'm having that conversation with or, uh, you know, the topic or where I'm at in my life. But when I'm not being a student, my ego is at its highest point. So doing this podcast, it's like, okay, well, I don't want to be the fucking dude. I don't want to know that I have a specific field and like, um, you guys are going to watch this episode and fucking have answers immediately. So how do we start this podcast and, uh, and like keep it going? Right. I think it's been really interesting, um, you know, on the topic of being a student and staying a student, I've been the one going through and editing these and I've never become so hyper aware of just like my communication and how I'm like speaking to people. I'm like, fuck dude, you ramble a lot. You know, (laughs) I'm definitely not ready to be the guy. Right, I'm for (laughs) sure not ready, you know? So um, I don't know. It's it's strange how, with that being said, like the whole remaining a student and being, you know, having humility and uh, and that I'm going through editing these. Like, even though we've already talked about, it, I'm not the dude. I'm going through. Like, I should have had these done right. I should have been perfect on these episodes. But it's like, what the fuck is? Yeah. We're, we're, you know. I mean, that's the beauty of the journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's how all our conversations usually go. You know, and it's, um. I don't know. I think that's going to be a very strong point of this this podcast. I, th- I think that so many people talk about winning and how to win and what you need to do to win, but it's like you know, I kind of want to talk about my fails and let you guys see see the ugly foot. You know? Right. All right. So now that we're back, um, like we were talking about, power of association. Now that we're here at aisle nine, we're with the right people, um, we'll say – um, we could start with like my first day. What did my first day look like? 
I don't even remember. Bro. You don't remember it? I don't. You I, do I you can, remember the first couple of tattoos you did? I don't. I was gonna ask you this question, fool. <laughs> <laughs> Got his ass. <laughs> I, so, I don't honestly. So no. the very first day was. It was uh oh, and I feel so terrible that I can't remember her name. She was so sweet. It was the eyeball, on, uh, the wrist. You tattooed mm. her a couple times. Mm, I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, I can I can see her face mm, I perfectly. Um, I did I did a ship on her on her forearm. That's too. right. Oh man, I can't I can't think of her name, but I know who you're talking about. We're gonna we're gonna remember you and we're gonna plug you on one of these episodes coming up, mm. uh, because so awesome you know i would love to just reach out and show some gratitude that she was the first person i was able to like be in the shop with because um i didn't fucking know shit i felt so weird the first time i was even at aisle nine i thought it was like a fine dining restaurant <laughs> i was like in the <laughs> wrong space you know like is this is this a tattoo shop right and there's just people buzzing around like staying busy and like someone finally came up and was like can i help you and i was like i'm here to see chris <laughs> and it felt weird even doing that because like we touched on this or I played baseball with you and yeah. shit. So it was weird going to like a fine dining restaurant tattoo shop and being like, can I see Chris? Can <laughs> I talk to him? Like, you know, but, uh, um, so that was the first tattoo was that wrist, um, eyeball. The second one was a tiger that you did on. <clears throat> we're going back like five years now. So again, I'm struggling on names, but, Starts with an L. I can't remember. Oh, I mean, sucks. But um, I'm I'm a recover. Uh, I've always been terrible at names, but I'm in recovery. Yeah, recovering <laughs> name forgetter. <laughs> um, so that was the second one, and then, um, again, not that I love anyone more than the other, but we've built a relationship with this person, Zane. No, Ugh. no, I was actually there for quite a while with Zane, but Matt, Matt Van Fossen. Yeah, the, the OG. Right yes, Matt's we were, um, I think you were, you were working on his, his, uh, half sleeve, the first project you had started on him. You'd already done the carnation at the top. I think that was the carnation, right? It's the state flower. Mm -hmm. Um, you'd already done the pocket watch with the chain going down and you were working on the map was the, uh, I think it was my third day working with them and which looking back at the content look looks solid like dude. some of the healed photos of that clock is like some of my favorite i feel like that that tattoo in general i specifically remember the the tricep layout and how the chain looks and i, I felt like those photos were dope mm -hmm. with like the uh what do you call it like the little latch yeah like whatever how big of a difference do you think it is taking photos of healed skin versus fresh skin oh man i think I think the game has changed a lot for uh, tattooers, kind of content creators now too, because like so many fucking photographers are in the tattoo world now, as opposed to like five years ago, you had like fucking five, six people, unless you're going to like big conventions, like, um, you know, another one we went to, which I'm sure we'll get into Vegas. Like, I think that was the first time that I'd ever seen someone else like with a video guy, like, cause I know we had had someone, um, Matt had had a person hired on, but uh, when I started working there, they were no longer there. So I was like, for a little while, the only video guy running around. And then we went to Vegas, and I saw another one. I was like, oh, fuck, he's got a camera guy too. He must be crazy. Because um, I just had this perspective that, like, damn, if you're, like, taking a step in that direction to really just get a video guy for yourself and your own business, you've got to be doing something right, right? 
Um, yeah, I feel like the game has just changed a lot since then because you got like polarizers and uh, or CPLs rather, and then you've got like the the polarizing film. So now it's like kind of easy as long as you know how to set up your system right, like get it set up right, and then just take the photo and it's good. But definitely healed all day because yeah. like fresh skin is just like super swollen and, Su- oozy and wet, and right? And yeah. it's just super shiny. The bane of my existence back in the day was the million half sleeves you did because the fucking <laughs> the shoulder is just so hard to get a good photo of it. Um, Tim's taking photos and I'm like trying to position the light every way I can, <laughs> standing chairs and Dude, shit. Dude, that was the days. Those were the days for sure in that little uh, upstairs yeah. trying to get the right lighting. <laughs> yeah. um, but definitely healed. Healed skin for sure because you just don't have to worry about glare. You could almost take them in a fucking dark room and they still look good, but yeah. now it's like this whole system of has to be all lights turned off, just the one light with the polarized film on it and stuff. So it's it's kind of a little easy, yeah. which is kind of why I was excited about this podcast because I feel like content of tattoo stuff with those additions kind of took like the the struggle of the equation yeah. because I would spend you know upwards of like 30 35 minutes sometimes with the client just making them stand there when i know they don't want to but i i, I have to do the best at my job that i can while you've got yeah. the strength and endurance to keep standing there yeah. uh versus now like i think i get photos in like fucking five minutes yeah photos and videos photos and videos and i'm moving them around and shit so i remember are lucky now i remember the full first uh like cool photos i seen of tattoos and was Yogi Barrett, John Barrett, John Barrett, I think is his name, but he goes by Yogi on Instagram, and he would do, like, the, the water, like soak it in water, and then he'd put the light at a certain point, and he would get, like, th- a good photo with, like, perfect highlights in the water in it, and it would just look fucking sick, mm. and I remember talking with Hip and, like, trying to, to do that, but I, like, never worked perfect. You had to do, like, the right tattoo at the right place, and he would always do collar, so I feel like collar, maybe uh, maybe I'm not right here, but collar is a little easier to photograph. Absolutely, it just always looks way punchier on photos, and like when you do, I, I think contrast is a big thing in tattoos. So when you're working with colors, the contrast to human eye is way easier to detect because the simplicity of an eye is going to yeah. see red versus white and a green, and be like, oh, there's contrast versus black and gray, where you're trying to discern. A, uh, a value which is not always so easy you see it as like oh well like skin tone is white you, and you know black is black you can describe it that way but really understanding like blends and stuff like mm-hmm. that and when you add water to that and then you're trying to take a photo of it and it's super glary um, yeah for sure yeah colors way easier to take photos of in my opinion anyway yeah yeah so what do you what do you feel like were some of the main what do you well, before we jump into like some some of the struggles you had, what what would be like the first like big win you remember? I think I gave myself my own win. It was uh, this tattoo you did it was on a client named Cody. Um, it was like an eye with his daughter, him and his daughter, like mm-hmm. in the photo, like mm-hmm. in the iris, the eye. I did a video for that and. Um, I thought that video was so sick. Looking back, I've, I've gone back and watched that video now, and I'm like, I could do better, but it's still kind of dope. It's like I did some cool stuff, but um, 
I think when I made that video, I was like, okay, I know what the fuck I'm doing now. Like, I'm starting to really catch on. Um, so maybe that was one. That was like a small win for me. I felt really good about that video in particular. But uh, for sure, one of my major wins is when you finally liked one of the photos that I took. <laughs> like online? Like Yeah. Like, no, 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 no. Like, uh, like I sent you photos <laughs> and you were like, oh, those are actually dope. Yeah. Because it was stuff that again when i i'd never been in a tattoo shop before so me really like um getting in and understanding some of these like negative things like to watch out for that i didn't know about before like uh there was one time you were like nice trash can in the back or something (laughs) like um so now i'm just super cautious of every photo to this day (laughs) oh yeah now it's just like uh no, you know, I'm super particular about what's in the background and shit. Obviously, it's a little bit easier at our shop now uh, because when we were at aisle nine, it was like there was like not much space, no space at all. And there was always like three or four motherfuckers upstairs tattooing, plus like another three people downstairs. Yeah. And it's a bunch of these like corridor or like small cubby. Yeah. Like if you think rooms. about like a like a, a normal house layout, maybe two rooms upstairs living room downstairs like a like a a kitchen yeah it's real, real like sectioned a, off yeah yeah so there just wasn't really a lot of good spots to take photos but i think when i yeah that was ultimately the first real win i had was when i finally got confirmation that i was doing a good <laughs> job <laughs> because i had never really like taken photos for uh first off a professional and then second to that it was like of their artwork on top of like um, them already critiquing themselves hard enough. And you guys don't know how to take good photos. I know you don't because you're fucking no, I, photo albums are just littered with a million photos yeah, of the same tattoo. hundred percent. And I definitely contribute a lot of my early like client building to just like building relationships versus the, the goodness of good the content. content right. <laughs> you know, but I For even sure. think that there was a lot um, starting out that I don't think that me doing photos for you really started churning those wheels or building up that mo, the momentum. Um, uh, I would say maybe like a year, I feel like, because I've paid attention to your numbers and your analytics the whole time, you know. Um, and we'd also built a website for you, which is, I think, crucial. The website has been the biggest thing in my process that I think that has helped in several different areas and we could touch on those but the website was was dope that was a big thing for the business for sure and it was interesting because I know it was a little bit of a struggle for me um and you know we knew what we were going to be talking about on this episode so of course we spend some time that day like thinking and meditating on what we maybe talk about for the episode but um this is a thought I had had earlier today that in that space that I was at starting out with you, I was looking up just how to build up brands in general, just like not even a tattoo brand. I would try to find stuff like that, but um, there wasn't, there wasn't anything specific to tattooers at the time versus now. I feel like you could Google stuff and find things specific to a tattooer that would help. So I was just, yeah, little old me, I'd never built a brand myself. I'd never had like my own shit. And like I just said, I've never worked with another professional before, but I was, I think trying to 
have conversations with you after doing research about what things we could do for your brand as a whole that maybe other tattooers aren't doing. Um, things that I think tattooers as a whole might be missing out on because they're just like thinking this little cone shape, like this is just what I do and I stay here. Um, which again, it, it, it was a little weird for me to get in that space and it definitely wouldn't have come so easy if we hadn't had so many good conversations, uh, whether it be at the shop or, um, you know, long car rides home. We also had like really long hours at the shop on top of the car rides and stuff. Cause there was a lot of nights, especially just, early like, on. Yes. I, <laughs> funny story about, um, you know, I'll tell, I'll tell that in a second before I, um, you know, jump, but I don't think that getting into the space where I'm recommending things to do your business when I'm like coming from nothing was, would have been as easy had we not spent the time like communicating and building our relationship up and having really good conversations. Uh, cause I had to build a rapport and, um, I know that like, that website it was it, it was a big deal and it's still to this day is the biggest thing that is churning this business um which is it's difficult for me to say that because i would like to think that my content is the thing that's doing it but the website and you know the way that like algorithms work with like seo and all that shit that's really what the meat and potatoes is but um uh it was a new space getting in trying to tell you what to do with your brand uh well, and, and for me, on my side of things, i seen this as kind of a clean slate. For me, being five, six years in and working with a crew that already had systems implemented, an idea on how to do things, and the website being new territory for them, i seen it as kind of a, a clean slate. It was easy to, to, to get your opinion on things that you may have a view similar to a client similar to someone who doesn't already have this idea of how things work. Ah. You know, being able to ask you questions, generate ideas, spark new thoughts, and step out of a box. You know what I'm saying? I think that that really helped with that conversation because there was things we did with the website that, you know, Matt or Hip were like, I don't know if I would, I don't think I would do that. You right. Know? Um, you're talking about putting pricing out before you talk to them. Like that's like, I wouldn't, I, I, I know that was a big that. thing. That was huge. That was, that was huge. And I think that probably a vast majority of tattooers still don't do that. You know, and I'm not saying go and do that. I'm not saying that go just put money on your website and just, I'm not saying that, but I'm, I'm I am saying that for where I was, it made sense, you know? And, Still to this day, we still rock that way, you know, but, um, but yeah, I don't mean to cut you off. Well, a funny, uh, funny story about, um, my first day working with you. Uh, I, I, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, I think that did, did I ride with you my first day or did I take up the, uh, the, uh, the Bronco? Cause I was like borrowing my dad's Bronco to come up. I know you brought the Bronco up. To the interview, for yeah. sure. I want to. I want to say you did drive it up for like the first two or three days. Yeah. Before we decided, like, hey man, like this, this just, Bronco's gonna fucking fall apart on the yeah. highway. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's like exactly what you said to me. Yes. Like, I don't know how many more times I can make it. Right. So uh, obviously, we eventually end up carpooling, but um, first day pulled up. I think your day started at ten. You know. Yeah. Same as they do now. Yeah. 
but we didn't leave or I don't think your client left until like one thirty in the morning. <laughs> and of course, um, we talked about this in the past episode when, when you reached out to me and when I started, I was just gung ho. Like I have to make this work. This is the one opportunity I'm going to get. Right. Yeah. doesn't matter. I need minimal information. I'm down, <laughs> but I didn't I actually ask. just quit. <laughs> I, mean, I did. I actually <laughs> just did, but I didn't ask really any questions at all outside of, there were some things we talked about, like I had to go through and do my bloodborne pathogens and get my first aid and stuff. Um, and then obviously I like went through and was studying like different tattooers and all this stuff, but I didn't ask for fucking, I didn't ask hours. <laughs> yeah, and my personality type, I'm not very detail oriented. Yeah. So I, I, I probably for sure didn't mention. No. <laughs> so we get to like, you know, eight, nine o'clock and I'm like, all right, is this like, you know, we wrapping it up sometime soon. I just don't know, but I'm not going to be the guy that's like fucking dipping, which, um, I never have. Either, yeah. and I will say that yeah. that's not me toot my own horn, but um, I know content creators are fucking antsy. I'm a, I'm an antsy person, and I still stuck it out yeah. until, like, <laughs> it was, like, 2 o'clock, and you were like, I guess I should have mentioned I worked some long hours. <laughs> uh, and I was like, you don't say. <laughs> fucking, what, like, 14 hours later or some shit like that? But yeah. uh, we're, I was pulling, We were pulling days like that all the time in the beginning of uh, 9, doing $1,200 $1, days. And basically working twelve hour shifts. I, I think that was for by about a year and a half, uh, until the conversation was had to basically double down on the rates and you know, kind of looking at some where some other shops were and what they were doing and how they were operating, what they were charging. And we we're like, dude, we're fucking killing ourselves and charging half of what these people are charging. Right. And if you're worth looking at artwork, results, experience, we're right there. We're we're right on par. What mm -hmm. are we you know? Uh, so then at that point, I think let off the gas pedal a little bit, realized that, you know, we didn't need to hoe ourselves out so much and was, <laughs> <laughs> and was able to, you know, to, to create some more time, buy back some of my time. But, uh, but yeah, <laughs> that's fucking hours. And, and still to this day, we do have a couple of days a week where, you know, we might pull a 10, 12 hour shift, but I mean, it was like five nights a week. For yeah sure. yeah it was like an actual it's hard to say what we're doing right now is like full time it's yeah it's really you it's know, like hard. less than 30 hours a week 25 hours a week if that right but at the time it you're right it was like five days a week 12 hours yeah. like average yeah you know plus the hour car ride there and back yeah. um fresh on that team trying to prove prove something man. oh yeah you know, trying to show show the dudes i'm here to fucking compete you know, mm -hmm. I'm here to I'm here to run with the best of them. You know. Well, I have a question for you now that we're like, since we're kind of here, um, what were some struggles you had with that? Because I know personally, like, I was single almost like that whole time. You know, I had seen people, but um, nothing like in my life that was pulling me into like staying focused at home i could really just run rampant with like learning as much as i could and uh building your brand up all this that but i know you had a family at home so uh what kind of things do you think you did to help with that you know to balance like fucking grinding it like face to the grindstone um but still going home and um trying to be present 
Mm, that's a tough one. I but mean, I know it's something that people deal with, you know, because that's sure. uh, that's the thing that keeps people a lot of times from putting your face to the grindstone and making something happen. We've talked to a handful of people that I think really have it in them to achieve that level of success that they're wanting for themselves. But they have things like like a family life and stuff, which uh, can totally empathize with that. I can see why it would slow you down a bit, but. There are definitely other people that make it work, and um, I don't know, I'm just curious about that, like what kind of things can be done. Or and that's tough. That is real tough. There's there's been a lot of times where things have maybe gotten rough at the house. Maybe got you know. Uh, I've definitely let work control a lot in the in the past there's definitely plenty of times where katie's like hey man you need to fucking dial it back mm-hmm. especially when we first had when when katie first had logan you know i was 19 20 years old 20 years old with the baby katie was was taking time off postpartum's a real thing for sure Absolutely. Dealing with being at home all day with uh, a baby, basically, you know, needing your every breath, catching naps while the baby's napping for 20 minutes. You know what I'm saying? If that. Yeah, to where, like, clock hits eight, boom, she's calling me, like, you off, you done. Right. Like, get your ass home. And and that was always tough. And then getting started out nine, Logan was around five years old, I believe. And it was tough still, you know, luckily I just got a, a woman that, you know, has always supported, you know, has always been, uh, seen how passionate I was about work and seen the potential that I have or had, you know, that, that, uh, my tattooing career has. And I've always tried to make it about us and about the kids, you know, and I'm building the future for us. You know, it's not just to feed my own pocket and my own thing, and I'm going to go spend all my money. On my, I've blown a lot of money on my hobbies, but I've really tried to be a good father, a good husband as best I can. And that that's always been the biggest battle is, like, figuring out how to balance them. And as, as I... As I grew, as the money grew, I've been able to buy back time, and it's been able to balance that scale a lot more. But do I remember some of those early nights at out nine, two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning, snowstorm. I'm in my little fucking white Zion XB, <laughs> like going five miles per hour down the highway, like trying to stay on the fucking road, you know, and just like, man, yeah. Still had a girl love me when I got home, you know, and just I've always been grateful for that because I know that it takes hard work to to succeed. But I think that's just the sacrifice that has to be made. You know, I, I think that I don't know. It's a fucking tough question. It's, it's a really tough question. But that that out of everything has been the biggest battle is like shutting it off, having boundaries being able to divide the two, but at the same time, I remember one thing I said when I was an apprentice. Uh, 
one thing that I said as an apprentice that has always I've always remembered and that I the guy who apprenticed me has always said he has said this more than anything is it's not a career it's a lifestyle it's just a way of being it's 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 not clock in clock out shut it off you know like there's a lot to running being self-employed running your own business you know mm-hmm. and uh it's always been a battle but again i just i fucking i'm just grateful <laughs> yeah i just i'm just super grateful for the woman that's been put in my life and it's just worked but there's been a lot of times where i'm like I promise I'll fucking cut it back. <laughs> you right. know, like I, I, I will dial it back. I'll create more boundary there. I see that I'm fucking up and put too much into this. I got time. Why, you know, um, but just being aware of that and being aware of like, okay, I, I have some room to pull back and not just being like, well, I fucking have to do it. You either like it or you don't like it, you mm-hmm. know? As a man, I've definitely have fallen on my sword and ha- has seen where okay, I need to fu- I need to draw the line here. But yeah, that's a great fucking question. So, not being here live, we just took a little a little uh, a little break, a little stretcher, and I just had a few minutes to think on the question Tim just asked me. You know, what was some of the biggest challenges? And uh, I kind of broke down a few things that I thought was really it, but if I could sum all that up into one and really just take ownership, it would be patience. Mm, that's been the biggest struggle, just patience. And, and I think having a hard time dealing with patience led to feeling like I had to overcompensate with work. Mm. If if I just slowed down, smelled the roses, observed where I was at, life's good. But because I was so eager to move the needle, I let the lack of patience get in the way of things that really should have took priority. Mm. That's probably that's probably it. That's strong, man. I feel, I feel like that's a better answer than all the stuff I was just like giving you the result of what the true cause was. I think that's good. And it. That makes me think about something um, I kind of thought about the other day. Um, you know, in the last episode, we kind of touched on faith a little bit and, you know, how you had spent time in the church. And uh, there's something I, I think about from time to time, and it's when when you pray for, say, like, oh, dude, I just need strength in my life right now, or, man, I need patience we, we've, I think, learned that when you do those things, you're really asking for an opportunity to express those feelings or, like, an opportunity to build that up. So if you ask for strength, whether you're praying or um, you're really just, like, trying to manifest in your head, I don't think you're necessarily going to get strength immediately. You're going to get an opportunity to build strength. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and I was just thinking on that. Uh, earlier today, honestly, and what what exactly that means to, uh, you know, when you kind of find yourself asking you those questions, because I've definitely asked myself those questions a lot over our relationship working together. It's not all just been like rainbows and unicorns and stuff. Uh, 
and I would hate for it to seem any other way, which is kind of why I asked you that question, because I know that. I know that that was a struggle for you. Um, full transparency. I'm not just asking, like, fucking open-ended questions I don't know to answers to all the time. I'm asking questions because I think it is the answer could be impactful, but um, a lot of people I don't think really know what they're asking for when they ask for those things, right? Um, and I, I do you... I mean, what do you feel about that? You th- do you feel like that's a thing, you know, that happens? Is like when you ask for something, you're going to get an opportunity to gain it or to practice it versus like, I'm just going to wake up and be patient all of a sudden or something like that because we know that's not how it works. You have to work at sure. those things. Um, so I don't know. That was just a random thought I had. Um, yeah. Do you feel like that's kind of what things work, you know, how things work for you in your life with like manifesting and stuff like that? Yeah, and I think I think anything you want to grow in. And I've always said, and you've probably heard me say it dozens, if not a hundred times, is patience is patience is the biggest lesson I've learned in tattooing. When I started tattooing, I couldn't finish a drawing to save my life. I'd get halfway through it, I'd be you know, um, but having to sit there and follow a tattoo all the way through, you know, or or wanting to hit my next goal but not getting there fast enough and being discontent and being frustrated you know or uh, you know i i definitely have seen facebook videos where it's like you know you ask god for patience he gives you struggles in order to do exactly what you're saying Mm -hmm. to build into that because i think that unless i want to dial my life way back and settle for less than what i've already succeeded in or i've achieved I'm not magically just not going to have problems. The problems will get easier as I grow. Right. So I for sure, I for sure agree with that. And, you know, praying is one of those terms I've struggled with, you know, because it's like, it's like what I mentioned last episode, you know, when I hear the word Jesus, I think that, you know, I have a picture Jesus versus the message. Mm-hmm. You know, when you say pray, I automatically go back to like, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord right. my soul to keep type, type <laughs> shit. You know, like, like yeah. the, the type of prayer you say before you sit down to eat, you know. But but I think prayer really should be looked at in terms of, you know, talking about who you want to be or uh, what you're wanting to achieve or uh, in, in terms of not asking that you, you – bless me with certain items you know but i am strong enough or i am you know or uh in that sense i I guess is what you're meaning right right yeah right um so yeah 100 percent for sure you know and i think that uh i have been blessed with many opportunities to grow (laughs) right right and i think that should be the uh, the silver lining for anyone that is like kind of in those thoughts and those experiences we were just talking about is like, dude, I'm fucking working 14 hours. I don't know what I'm missing. Um, the silver lining there is that you are doing it right. And I I watched something or I saw something the other day where it was like, um, I'm going to fuck this up, but it's like anyone can wait, but not everyone can be patient. Right. Um, so you can like 
And, and, and try to break that down a little bit for me. So, I think what it means to say that um, everyone can wait, but not everyone can be patient, is it's gonna feel like fucking hell if you're just waiting or feeling like you're waiting for the next thing, um, or say you're like, um, say you're a partner who's like you're in a relationship with someone that is you feel like they're working too much or they're not spending enough time with you, for example, or if you feel like, I'm just trying to work all for us and, you know, you're not seeing that. Um, patience will mend those heartaches of, like, going through the, the trials and tribulations, how long it takes to do something or how much effort it takes to do something versus the other person that's just waiting and not patient. You're still going to go through all that. You're still going to, like, take the time that it takes to get through something, but it's going to feel horrible as you're going so, through it. So it's more of a state of mind. Right. Like, like waiting is, oh, fuck, I'm just sitting here until it happens to hit me, versus patience. I'm going to stay diligent. I'm going to stay steadfast. Work. And like, is that kind of? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel like that just hit me a different way because I can definitely relate to that a lot. For sure. Um, and as specifically in context to I think where we started because I was not a patience person when we started working together, but I definitely, even now these days I struggle with patience real bad. Um, but I, I know now, thankfully that patience is the thing that's going to get me there safely. Um, and in, in one piece, right. Cause I know that I'm going to hit my goals. Um, you know, John Maxwell talks about his like five swings or whatever. You just do five swings on that tree every single day. It's going to come down eventually. You're going to hit your goals. But how tired and exhausted do you want to get through that? You know, how much. And when I say tired and exhausted, I think that you're going to get tired and exhausted regardless. But how much do you want to feel that? How much of that burden of waiting do you want to feel or do you want to be patient? Um, and just knowing that the things that you want in life are going to come to you versus like, oh, I fucking need it now. I'm just waiting on it. Yeah. Um, and I, I struggle with that a lot still. Yeah. For sure. Well, and I, and I think waiting versus patience sucks the joy right out of it, too. Oh, yeah. You I mean, know. dude, uh, the fucking the king of content, uh, Gary V. He's always, you know, always hitting you with the love the process. You got to enjoy the process of doing something versus like the the start of it because that's romantic, right? Like, yeah. Oh, I just started this big thing. You know, I'm doing this big thing. This is like the things coming up for me in my life. Like here's my visions. Um, and then there's also like the back end of it. It's like, well, I fucking did it. It's done now. Where are you at in the middle of that though? Are you yeah. loving it? Um, because w we said this already growth is only as long as you want it to be. Uh, and your growth is going to get stunted really fast when you don't love it when you don't love the act of growing or like what it feels like to grow. Yeah. Despite it, well, you know, growing pains. Then it just becomes daunting. You know, it's like, why am I even doing this? Mm -hmm. Definitely. I felt that, you know, um, and I've been in a season in my life where I've been really trying to figure out how to, yeah, I, I tell everyone I'm fucking boring. You know? <laughs> and, uh, I've been trying to work on becoming, you know, more lively in the moment, you know, doing stuff that seems fun. It's, you know, but, uh, man, I just get so caught up in the fucking hustle, you know, and it has affected a lot over the years. And, 
uh, kind of coming full circle here. You know, I think when getting when I when I was at aisle nine, it was easy to work that much. You know, just because the people I was around, they they helped bring fun to the hustle. You know, um, you know, even the shop Thousand Oaks now. You know, when I'm in the shop and in the environment, everyone's hustling. You know, it's it's a good time. But then when I go home and try to work on things or like try to move the needle at home, you know, kind of by myself, it's not as, ex- you know, it doesn't seem as exciting. You know, and that's one thing me and Katie have never really done a whole lot of. You know, we obviously we're we have each have our own businesses. We have we have the shop. We kind of do that together. Um, and when I say kind of, I guess the disconnect would be when we come home, we don't really talk about business. You know, even though I've tried to beat her over the head with that conversation for years, you know, it, it really, you know, doesn't really, it's not really a thing. And it's probably a good thing because I wouldn't let it, I wouldn't let it die if it was a thing. Someone's got to you be know? your counterpart. You know? <laughs> you know, I would, I would drive that motherfucker home every night and just with business, you know, and, and, and I'm glad that she doesn't, even though sometimes I wish there was a little more give and take there, but it's probably a good thing. Uh, and it's something that keeps me in check, you know, because I get so wrapped up in work that I don't have fun, you know. Uh, we've been talking about a, a trip to Disney, but on, on the inside, I'm like, fuck, I'm going to be gone a whole week. I need to get shit done. You know, what about this and this and shit that's really good? Like, I'll be fine. You right, know? you can all, like, exactly, it's a flip of a coin. You could be just as excited. Um, or you could be an equal amount of excited about the fact that you have to work hard to Mm -hmm. like prepare for this week versus like, again, being daunted. Um, and it's so hard. It's such a weird concept to think that patience is the key there. Um, because you're like, well, like, what do you, what do you mean Tim? like, I'm, I'm being patient and like, I feel like I'm even being smart when I'm worried about these things about that week that I'm going to take away to go to Disneyland or Disney World or whatever it is. Um, but it's like the flip of a switch. You don't have to be stressed about it. You could be excited that you have to prepare, you yeah. know. Um, well, and let's say worst case scenario here, because I think about this from time to time. Let's say we went on that Disney trip. It was a fucking awesome time in the history books like kids remember it we we had a good time as a family and let's say that following week tragedy strikes and i'm gone but on the flip side let's say we didn't go to disney i stayed home we worked grinded up saved money and then still that following week a tragedy struck and i'm gone how would i rather go out you know and you know um, I want to have to book that Disney trip after this fucking episode, you know. Oh shit, man! <laughs> yeah. But I'm but but when I think about it like that, it's like, man, what's really more important, you know? Like I got I got things set up for savings. I got you know, like we got we got a home. We got we're we're good. You know, why am I? You know, why is it so hard for me to shut that off and let loose and and you know, um, so. Patience. It's it's the biggest lesson I've learned. It's the biggest thing that I have to work on. It's it's it's, it's encompasses all everything I do almost. Pretty much know? everything. Yeah. So that that's yeah that's tough. Um, 
it's tough. But uh, kind of jumping back into some things at aisle nine. Uh, you know, I think total we spent three years. No, we were about two years working together at aisle nine, right? Yeah. Um, and I had originally talked about opening some shops up in Columbus. That was that was going to be the spot I was trying to go to. We, you know, me and Matt, we talked about maybe another aisle nine up there. We told you there was there was all kinds of different possibilities, but uh, you know, it's kind of funny that I kind of decided no, I didn't really want to do a shop just yet. Katie found a spot here in Springfield and kind of had a had just her own booth in this big, pretty big building, you know. But uh, I started a little side venture outside of outside of tattooing. You know, it was a network marketing style business, and I knew we wanted to have another kid. So, you know, so I started doing this business in hopes to generate some some type of passive income to where you know we have another kid. I could stay home and and, and uh, be stay at home dad. You know, I thought that'd have been dope. <coughs> um, that ended up not fucking working, obviously, <laughs> but uh, I think. I think that one of the biggest things that they had was this uh, leadership course called Leadership Team Development. It was like a mobile university. And I learned a lot about myself in those two years. Really, I became a different person for a while, you know, to the point where I was like, what the fuck am I wearing? You know, I got business clothes on. I like, you know, like, really was trying to really get everything give it everything i had to kind of create this passive income because i really wanted to stay home you know fucking hardest thing i ever did dude uh but i learned a lot like i said about myself during that process through that course through mentorship coaches i probably digested over a thousand audios i've I read over 20 books within a two-year time and uh you know, I've always said that I, I, I don't think I could be a shop owner. I don't think I could be the leader. I don't think I could be the person out front teaching people. But it was a blessing in disguise. You know, I, I, I took that, and uh, I think that really helped position me to bring some people on to, to the shop that we now have, Thousand Oaks. But that also required a lot of patience because through that whole process, I— like, what the fuck am I doing? You know, why am I even doing this? Katie, too. She's like, what, why are you even doing I don't want a part of that. Why are you even doing that? Um, but I'm glad that I gave it patience because I learned a lot during that process on how to be a, a better leader. You know, and I also really valued how much they cared about their wives and, and their spouses and, and the people in their lives and family. You know, I, I seen that and I was like, fuck, you know, I, I want that. And they, you know, they, they care about my family. Like that's dope. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm glad that I stuck it out the two years because it really helped put me in the position to get the awesome crew we have now. Taya, Grace, Dylan, Becca, um, you know, we got Darian Pearson on the team. We got uh, Rachel, you know, obviously my awesome wife, Katie. But having having 
a little bit more to give, I guess. Um, but if I would have trusted my gut and if I would have trusted Katie, I would have dipped out real quick. And I wouldn't have learned any of that. You know, so even though I was, like, questioning it the whole time, I, st- I still stuck around. It ended up being a huge blessing in disguise. Um, but I, I don't know. You know, I think I was kind of from from left field, but I thought that, that also the fact, the patience aspect of things really kind of, um, there was a connection there, I guess, mm-hmm. you know. But I mean, I, I, frankly, I'm very uh, thankful that you went through it, too. And uh, patience of my own, even, you know, throughout that process, because my only job, I guess, quote unquote, when I got brought in was to build your brand up. And I know at that time uh, we were trying to get really creative on how uh, pretty much keep me employed and to keep the brand going while we were you know, trying to figure out these other business ventures. Um, so there were definitely times where, uh, I know that your focus had shifted, right? So inevitably it would feel like my job as your content creator, or I don't even know. It's, I say that now because I feel like I've dialed into just doing that after all this time, but I feel like there was just so much that I was doing for you at the time that, um, I don't even content cause I was doing messaging. I was doing like the content. Uh, obviously I built your website. So it was like, I was touching everything except for the actual tattoo itself. Um, but it had definitely slowed down for a while. So patience was like, man, do I like, like, cause we had always talked about me finding different things to do, uh, which I did, you know, there was definitely, um, I worked at a car shop doing content for them. Uh, I went out and did a couple weddings. I got into portraiture. Um, all those things I think were super good for me too. Cause that gave me a different experience of business in the photography world outside of tattoos. But ultimately I just found that I really liked working with one person uh, and more particular working with you on this brand because of the kind of person you were probably not, you know, not to completely credit aisle nine or maybe like, uh, getting around the right people. Cause that, that's huge. We literally already touched on that, but, um, perhaps, you know, the kind of person you were and like trying to shift into doing bigger things like, like, no, I'm not fucking playing small. I don't want to do that shit. Um, oh, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Fuck. Um, well, dude, it's, it's been a long night. It know. has been a long night, but I, I just got my thought back. So I had done a lot of different like jobs and stuff like that when I knew things were a little bit slower for us. So, um, which was stressing me out because I don't, I just don't fit that well with that. You know, I really want to work closely with one person. I'm a, I really like coming up with big ideas and fucking figuring out all the knit and grit and like what we do to make this idea happen or to build something up. But I definitely had to have patience through that because I was feeding into the brand that I felt like was starting to slow off a little bit because of other objectives and stuff like that. But um, again, like what I had said, I'm super thankful that you went through that too, because 
in that seemingly downtime that I had as like a content creator or a messenger, like you could almost say like a brand manager a little bit, like just an overall manager because doing everything outside of, you know, the, the, the tattoo itself. Um, when I was in downtime for that, a lot of it was spent, uh, maybe not exactly doing all the things that you were doing, but I was digesting. That's where my, uh, intrigue was, was digesting all the material that you had at disposal. Like, um, like some of those speakers, man, they just like, they really did talk about things in a way that you don't hear every day and much, much less. There's one audio in particular that has always stuck with me and it goes hand in hand with what you just said and how much they actually really cared about their families and their wives, their wives in particular. Um, uh, Cause they would go up and have like full speeches with their wife. It was uh-huh. like this structured thing where both of them had put into this thing. And I don't know if I had ever seen that. Yeah. You know, like again, I was single pretty much the whole time through us working together. Um, so like that just wasn't really like a focal intent of mine. Yeah. But when I saw that, I was like, yo, two people can come together and like build something together. Like that's you can actually do that. You can like yeah. marry your business partner. That's a thing. Katie was like, "I am not getting up on that stage. <laughs> Fuck you. I am not getting." <laughs> Which I mean, like, uh, we're clearly on a podcast right now, yeah. so maybe some could see that we're like good getting on a stage and talking with people. I'd fucking shit myself, you know, yeah. like getting in front of all those people. But it was just like, um, I don't know, and like, like seeing that, like seeing that you could build something with someone else like that and that um that like the content they were actually sharing was yeah. really super impactful mm-hmm. um it, it resonated with a lot of the principles that i, I just I, had already yeah it was just bolstering yeah. them right yeah which you don't get like unless you're reading books or um you have found these leaders that I guess you can like put your name you can assign your name to it or like you know uh, I'm on the same path as him because my morals align with his or hers in this case you know so patience was hard during those periods where it felt slow Um, felt like I was called to question a lot of stuff but the thing that always brought me back is like I'm still working on being a better person that's what since day one, I think my goal, maybe not day one, because talking about getting into aisle nine and like getting around good people, I didn't even know that a goal of mine was to become a better person. Like really, like I'm going to think about it. Like, I don't think that I've been as good of a person as I could have been because I'm being blessed now by these people that like don't even fucking know me. As a matter of fact, to take it a step further, I'm not even working for them. You know, hip, for example, um, you know, he just like in certain ways would like validate me as a person despite I wasn't his employee. Like he he saw that I fucking existed, saw that I would do good work, commented on that, but he don't fucking owe me that, you know, for shit. He doesn't owe me anything. Um, small thing that we I'm going to say about hip that uh, we talked about and I told you this not too long ago, um, just like uh, – the reason why I never became a tattoo artist. (laughs) 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 And it was because at one time hip was like, 
I don't want to. I need a fucking dude. I need a dude. I need me and Tim. That was always the joke at aisle nine when I came in. Again, not to my own horn. I didn't fucking start that joke. Everyone else did it. But he was like, I got to find me a fucking Tim. But they all want to be fucking tattooers. And I, in my head, I had had never had artistic ability like drawing or anything. Like maybe when I was super young, and I just like dabbled in it and shit like that. But I heard that and I was like, mm, I better never look at fucking <laughs> touching a machine. You know. <laughs> I'm coming for that fucking job, boy. <laughs> I'm going to start tattooing eventually. Mm-hmm. Shit's going to be dope. But uh, um, love you, Hip. It's okay. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it was, you know, talking about your site excursion. Yeah. Um, that, I think, kind of uh, is a good segue into finding where we were at at this new place. Because yeah. we did eventually move on. Um into the shop that Katie had, which by the way, it's hysterical that she was like just tattooing by herself in that building. Right. <laughs> Cause it's literally huge. <laughs> Maybe not huge, but it's pretty it's big for a one booth. I mean, yeah. Just, considering her boots, like eight by eight yeah. feet, you yeah. know, and like the whole building is like probably fucking at least 2,400 square feet, yeah. you know? Yep. And literally nothing else in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nothing. No cabinets in the walls or um, yeah. outside of, I think there was. There was one room built in the back, Darian's room. That's right. So there was Darian's room and then that one booth. Yeah. And then eventually got your booth in there. Yeah. And and did um, that for like a year. But, um, but yeah, I do think that uh, talking about Thousand Oaks and, and the, the shop we're working at and basically bringing it to the present. Uh, some of that journey, I think, would make for a great, uh, great follow up to this episode. Um, so, so we're gonna kind of bring it, bring it to the present, present time, fill you guys in all the way, and then we're gonna start shooting for guests and having having people on. Um, if you'd want to be a guest, or if you know anyone who would make for a great guest, fucking drop their names in here, drop drop them in the comments, let us know, shoot us a message, but. Um, I think this would be a good place to cut it. I, I think we talked about a couple good things. Uh, the power of association and just patience. Uh, those are two two really solid things that uh, the trying to master in a sense uh, will will help a lot, you know, and obviously we're still on that journey. Um, real quick, I also wanted to let you guys know. We're about to drop T-shirts real soon, um, so keep your eyes out. Obviously, any support we can get helps. Uh, we want to we want to we want to take this thing to the next level with guests traveling um, and going and, and really bringing some hitters on here. But uh, we could definitely use some support, you know. So we'll we'll let you guys know how you can help. We greatly appreciate anything you guys are willing to to give and. Uh, to help keep this thing fucking running. Um, so with that being said, I'm gonna hand it over to Tim. Have him plug social media, and if there's anything uh, that he that I missed that he wants to let you guys know, um, yeah. But I appreciate you guys for showing up, and uh, until next time. Yeah. So uh, one exciting thing is, of course, we do have merch coming very very soon. But um, our Patreon is live. So for anyone that does want to support the show before you're able to get a cool shirt or hoodie or hat or something, 
um, hit that link in the description below. You know, anything helps, you know. And if you're fucking broke, you can still support. How? Hit that fucking sub button. You know, drop us a like, leave us a comment. Um, these things really do tell the algorithms that we're using, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, that really tells those platforms that we're doing something right. And it also lets us know that you guys enjoy what we're doing. So, um, right. So, uh, like I said, drop a like, subscribe to the channels, uh, leave us a rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Those things are uh, super, super free, like blatantly free that you can do to support the show. Uh, for socials, you can find us on Instagram at more than tats. YouTube, more than tattoos, same on Facebook. Um, really, I've done a couple searches myself, so if you just Google it, you're probably going to find the shit. <laughs> I, I know the IG name, more than tats, is kind of cringe. Yeah, but. tats is a little cringe, <laughs> but uh, you got to stick with the fucking, the gram, you know? Yeah. Someone someone took that shit. I don't know who took it. Some <laughs> fucking account with, like, three followers on it. But, uh, um yeah, you can find Chris at Chris Powell Tattoos, not Chris P Tattoos. Yeah. <laughs> uh, find me at Saul Good X S A U L Good X on Instagram too. And uh, yeah, I think that's about it for today's episode. Really appreciate you guys tuning in. Very grateful to have this opportunity to spend with Chris and uh, you guys too. But we'll catch you on the next episode of More Than Tattoos. Peace.